Hello there, it's Peter from Nourishing Soulfully and you're listening to the Nourishing Soulfully podcast. Now I am currently on maternity leave and whilst I'm on maternity leave I have scheduled up fortnightly podcast episodes taken from the archives of my two other podcasts nourish heal your relationship with food and eat move live intuitively i hope that you find this episode really valuable even if you've listened to it before i really recommend having a listen again just because it can often bring up other stuff and we'll notice different things much like if we read a book again that we maybe hadn't noticed before as always if you could rate and review this podcast it would mean ever so much to me but what would mean even more to me is if you could share this episode if you found it valuable with others because this will help the podcast be found by many many more people remember you can also find so much content on the nourishing soulfully website and the blog at nourishingsoulfully.com and if you're fancying a little bit of self-development a little bit of self-care time and focusing on creating that self-kindness and self-compassion and getting to really know yourself, Elevate, the course in self-kindness is available as a self-paced course even whilst I'm on maternity leave. Head to nourishingselfly.com to find out more and let's delve into this week's episode. Welcome to Nourish, Heal Your Relationship with Food, a podcast by me, Peter, a non-clinical certified intuitive eating coach and certified eating psychology coach. Intuitive eating and healing a relationship with food can be really rather confusing. There's a lot of conflicting advice out there and a whole lot of jargon. This podcast aims to debunk eating myths and guide you to a healthier, more comfortable relationship with food. In today's episode, we're looking at how to tune into your intuition, which can also be referred to as instinct or gut feeling when it comes to all things around food and eating. Most of us have been inundated with messaging around what we should and shouldn't eat our whole lives. We've followed plans, programs and taken advice from others around what they're eating. You know those popular what I eat in a day videos? The idea is that if you just eat what the person in the video eats, you'll look like them. And yet, we could all eat exactly the same meals and snacks every day, and we'd all continue to have different and unique body shapes and sizes. So, rather than following the advice or plan of someone that doesn't know your body, what can you do? You can learn to eat intuitively. You may hear people say we can relearn to eat intuitively because it's something we once did as babies. We'd cry when hungry and stop feeding when full. However, I think the premise of relearning to eat intuitively makes it seem pretty simple and easy. And whilst the theory behind intuitive eating is simple, the untangling of eating behaviours and habits, food beliefs, dieting history and learning to tune into hunger and fullness cues can be far from easy which is why I'm here to support and guide you to tune into your body more effectively. It isn't something that happens overnight. There isn't just a switch you can flick and all of a sudden you're an intuitive eater. It takes time. And for some of my clients, it can take months or even years. But I promise you, it is so worth it. 
It frees up all of that time and energy you had previously spent on dieting, counting calories or macros, worrying about what you could and couldn't eat, weighing, looking in the mirror, feeling like a failure if you fell off the bandwagon. It removes the body shaming, the guilt, the obsession with your appearance, body weight and size. Intuitive eating relies on something called introceptive awareness, which sounds complicated, but you already have this skill. Introceptive awareness is the awareness of cues or signals your body sends you and your ability to identify, understand and respond appropriately to these internal signals. So, for example, if you need to pee, most people will receive a cue from the brain and feel a sensation that signals it's time to go to the bathroom. Hunger and fullness fall into this category of cues we are aware of and respond to appropriately. However, dieting or any kind of food restriction can inhibit our ability to tune into and be aware of these cues. If you find you don't realise you're hungry until you're absolutely ravenous or you tend to eat to a point of uncomfortable fullness because you don't seem to be able to detect when you're nicely full, you may benefit from fine-tuning your interceptive awareness. For some, this will be more difficult than others. I've had clients who pick this up with ease and others who find it trickier. However, they always get there. And don't think for one moment that some people just get intuitive eating and others don't. I've worked with hundreds of people over the years and each and every one of them have found some parts of the process easier than other parts, which have been incredibly tricky for them. Something important to keep in mind when it comes to tuning into hunger and fullness is that for some, medication, illness and or trauma can be barriers or even blocks to tuning in. So keep this in mind if you think there's a chance this could relate to you. Nothing is impossible and there are always ways around these things, but you may find it really frustrating if you can't immediately begin to tune in. Don't worry, you're not alone. Feel free to pop an email over to Peter, that's P-E-T-A, at nourishingsoulfully.com to chat about this further. According to researchers Cynthia J. Price and Carol Hooven, there are three steps to fine-tuning interceptive awareness. And this is kind of fine-tuning interceptive awareness skills for emotion regulation. I often work on these steps with one-to-one clients as I found them to be pretty easy to remember and effective in tuning in. So the first step is body literacy. Identify the sensations felt in the body. So when we start off doing this, we don't have to immediately identify hunger. We can't kind of go, right, that's it. I'm going to identify hunger. There we go. There it is. Just take a moment now to bring awareness to your body. Can you identify any sensations within the body? The sensations we feel are actually our primary way of interacting within our day-to-day life. If we get goosebumps or a feeling as if our stomach has dropped or our heart feels as if it skips a beat, these sensations signal something to us about our surroundings. Body mapping is the art of identifying and naming the feelings in the body. Thermal body mapping is pretty cool and researcher Laurie Numenna created a pretty cool image where people drew maps of body locations where they feel basic emotions and more complex ones. So in this map, um, the basic emotions are on the top row and the complex emotions are on the bottom row. Hot colours show regions that people say are stimulated during the emotion. So that's kind of the reddy, browny, orangey colours. And then cool colours, like the blues, the greys, indicate deactivated areas. 
So I've shared an image of this in the show notes because I think it's really interesting to look at. The body image map shows bodies feeling the following sensations. Anger, fear, disgust, happiness, sadness, surprise, neutral, anxiety, love, depression, contempt, pride, shame and envy. And for those who are visual learners, this is going to be a great way of identifying and labelling feelings in the body. For others, an emotions or feeling wheel will be more accessible. And this is a wheel where many different feelings and emotions are written down in subcategories. So the subcategories are mad, scared, peaceful, powerful, joyful and sad. And then you've got lots and lots of different feelings and emotions that kind of fall within those that are more specific to that feeling that we're feeling. And we want to be as specific as we can with this. I'll include a feelings wheel in the show notes of this episode for you to look at as well. So that you've got kind of you can choose between the two. So step one is we identify the sensations we feel in the body. Pause for a moment. Take a deep breath in. What feelings are you aware of? Where can you feel the sensation in your body? So in doing this, we're moving into step two, which is shift awareness inside. Whereabouts is the feeling in the body? How strong is it? How long does it last? Does it move? We're moving our awareness within and noticing what's going on there. Sustain awareness is step three. So rather than losing focus, we sustain the awareness. Do we think we're hungry, but actually the feeling is a clenched, tense jaw, a sensation which seems to get stronger and moves down the neck? Rather than physical hunger, this may be emotional hunger. If we have a feeling it's emotional hunger, let's extend the exercise. So kind of let's go back to those first steps. Let's sustain this awareness. In this case, I'd invite you to ask yourself, why am I feeling emotional hunger? What feelings do I need to soothe? And once identified, I'd ask, what has triggered these feelings? And once that part is identified, I'd ask, is there anything else that would better soothe me or serve me? long-term other than food. Maybe it's journaling or talking things through with a friend. Maybe it's an anxiety management technique, getting some fresh air or just taking a break. I know this probably seems pretty airy-fairy. How is feeling your feelings going to help you tune into your hunger of fullness and stop you from overeating? Well, hunger and fullness are sensations we feel too. Think of it like getting stronger. You move your body in ways that strengthen muscles. But this isn't just a one-time thing. If we want to be stronger in our body, we have to consistently work on improving and increasing that strength. It's the same for feeling sensations in our body. The more practice we have at it, and that's for all sensations, not just hunger and fullness, the more in tune we'll be. So, let me ask you, how does shame feel in your body? Where is this feeling located in your body? For some, it's located in the head or neck, and for others, in the chest or stomach. Where does shame show up for you? Don't worry, you don't have to write this down. You just have to kind of consider this question and have a think about, hmm, where does shame show up for me? And don't worry about getting it wrong. You're not going to get this answer wrong. Just whatever kind of pops up for you, bubbles up for you, notice it. How does fear feel in your body? 
Where is the feeling located? So for some, it's felt in the hands, sweaty palms and shakiness, and for others, in the bottom of the stomach. For some, it's the chest, and many feel fear in their shoulders, and others feel it in their head. Where do you feel fear? How does guilt feel in your body? Where does the feeling of guilt manifest? Is it in your jaw, in your hands, in the pit of your stomach, or in your chest? Where does guilt manifest for you? These feelings and subcategories of these feelings are sensations which often trigger emotional eating. But if we know that actually what I'm feeling is shame, not hunger, this helps us to better understand ourselves and our emotional eating habits. So it helps us to better kind of see that before we reach for food, when we get used to identifying these sensations and these feelings. In episode seven of this season, we'll be delving into emotional and comfort eating. But for now, just focus on identifying these feelings and where you feel them and practice that. Another activity I ask clients to practice is the perceived heart rate exercise. So this was originally an objective test of interceptive awareness by Herbert et al. in the study Interceptive Awareness and Intuitive Eating in 2013. It's now something I use as a mindfulness exercise with clients and also with myself. And I invite clients to enjoy this once a day to fine tune that awareness within the body. And it's an exercise that I really enjoy doing when I can't sleep or when I'm a little bit anxious or worried about something. So if you'd like to give this exercise a go, ensure that you're seated, feet on the ground and feeling comfortable with a pen and pencil and paper next to you. So pause the podcast now if you want to go and grab a pen and paper um, or a pencil. And if you're driving um, or going for a run listening to this whilst you're cleaning, don't worry too much. You don't have to do it now. But if you can pause for a moment and join in, I think you'll find it really useful and really valuable. So ensure you're seated, feet on the ground and feeling comfortable. Place two fingers on your wrist or neck and find your pulse. I'm going to give you a moment to find your pulse. It can take a moment or two to find it, so don't worry, breathe calmly. And in a couple of minutes, I will let you know when to start counting your heart rate and it's going to be for one minute so I'm going to give you a moment to find your pulse and then I'm going to say okay in three two one we will start and you've got to count your pulse rate and three two one start
and stop. Write down the number of beats on your piece of paper. I feel like I needed a countdown clock then. So, once you've written down the number of beats on a piece of paper, the next part of the activity doesn't require you to place your fingers on your wrist or neck, so just pop them in your lap comfortably or down by your side while sitting in the same position. You are now going to perceive your heart rate, so we'll go about this in exactly the same way, but without feeling with your fingers for the pulse, you're going to try and feel your heart rate while sitting there quietly. We're going to have the same amount of time and you're going to try and count that heart rate again, like in the last test, but without feeling for it with your fingers. So I'm going to give you a moment to kind of get settled, get comfy and start trying to feel into that heart rate. And then I'll count you down three, two, one. Okay. And three two, one, start counting. And stop. Write down that number on your piece of paper. So how similar are those numbers? Some of you may have really struggled with this. Don't worry, you don't need to be super accurate with this. You may not have been able to perceive your heart rate at all, but you will in time. This practice is a brilliant one to repeat just before you go to sleep as it helps our brain to switch off and gives us that practice of tuning into our body. This really helps with being able to tune into other sensations in the body such as hunger and fullness, even if we're using our fingers to feel for the pulse. I am currently taking on new one-to-one clients for intuitive eating coaching and enrolment is open for the upcoming intakes of Nourish, an intuitive eating online group programme. For more information on both of these offerings, go to nourishingsoulfully.com or message me on Instagram. You can find me by searching for Nourishing Soulfully or pop an email over to Peter, P-E-T-A, at nourishingsoulfully.com. Next week, we will be looking at how to identify what kind of eater you are and how this knowledge will support you in healing your relationship with food. Remember to check out the show notes today for that body image map body yeah body image map image and the feelings will until then remember be gentle be kind you're doing the best you can always